You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with C. Peters and Craig Morgan for what I can promise you is going to be a very spicy show. Both Craig and Petey are primed for some rants today. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about around the NHL. So let's just dive right into it. Yeah, don't be fooled by my reclined casual position. How come you get a pillow? Because he, it's in my contract, buddy. Just like this Pellegrino. <sighs> Pellegrino on pillows. Like, he's yeah. so bougie. Well, like, Nutter Butters, too, but, you know, those yeah. have been around How's lately. that working? No, we because got I, I put the kibosh on unhealthy snacks. But Craig, it's We pillow. have healthy snacks that have been there for six months, by the way, and they'll probably be there in six years because nobody's going to eat them. But, you know, just saying. Fruit like, by the foot's a healthy please, snack? Please, just gave me the snack for eight-year-old. Huh? <laughs> I'm not sure. The healthy snacks are, it's like for the little kids section at Toys and Tots. Like, there's little kid snacks, but I guess... Shoe fits. Well, we're not going to be talking a lot of coyotes today because there's just so many other things <laughs> going on um, in the NHL, including an insane first round, a lot of coaching movements, some other things, some awards, some lack of awards, mm. um, and and then obviously the second round matchups are set. So we're going to talk about some of the NHL news, and then we'll preview the second round matchups and give our predictions going forward and reflect on how we did on our first round predictions. So Craig, I'm just going to hand you the floor because I feel like you're just primed and ready to go. And I want to give you, I don't know where to start because yeah, I have so many start? topics. I mean, I feel like I just want to ask you, first of all, how you're doing as a Maple Leafs fan. And I know you're not, you know, you've, you haven't wed yourself to them recently and you've tried to remain somewhat dispassionate about them. I, th- I think that's the wrong use of the word actually. But um, how did you feel about watching that Maple Leafs game? So I want to read you a text from my mom um, from the other day. And she said, if the Leafs... Oh, I'm going to be so fucking pissed if Toronto loses, she said. Wow. wow. Mom, drop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, they did lose. So uh, at this point, it's like I'm numb to the pain. I am. So what's AJ asking? AJ us? said Pellegrinos and pillows would be a great meditation podcast name. Yeah, I Actually, need meditation be. right now AJ, <laughs> because I'm uh, I'm ready to blow. So what do you do if you're Toronto? Like what, at this point in a Toronto Maple Leaf, do, what, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, first of all, the Coyotes have one more playoff series in the last 20 years than the Toronto Maple Leafs, the richest franchise in hockey. How's that play? How's that sit? <laughs> Awkward. You, have, you have you go into Tampa with an opportunity to close. You have two games to close the series out. Can't do it. You remind me of another thing that made me angry over the weekend when Canadian fans were taking shots at the Coyotes. Like, yeah, we're the we're the only reason you're there because we're supporting your poverty franchise. I'm like, okay, what what's all that money done for you? First of all, in Montreal and Toronto, it's strange how it hasn't led to any kind of success at all. But beyond that. Let me attack your simplistic ass argument that ignores the idea of media rights for multiple markets, corporate sponsorships, all the revenue that comes to a league by being in more than a handful of Canadian markets. So sit down. You're wrong. Bad argument. Maybe today's not a good day to wear my a roots Canada, Canada shirt. shirt. I just feel bad for there, There's got to be a level of sympathy for Toronto fans. Has to be. I feel sure. Bad. I, I did. I really felt badly for him. Here's the thing about the Maple Leafs in that series. 
They played really well. Yeah. yeah. They were a good team. They showed up in game seven. They just ran into the two-time defending cup champs who locked it down in the third period. And and I feel like the the discourse on Twitter this time wasn't so much like, ha-ha, Tor- I mean a little bit, ha-ha, Toronto, but it was kind of like, you know what, this was a really good Toronto team, they played some really good games, they had a really good roster, but they just ran into, like you said, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions and... Just like it is what it is. I would like to say that I feel zero sympathy for the Maple Leafs. Okay. Um, well, I, no one I, asked you. I, Sean. I think we're laughing at the Leafs. They got ratioed to hell on Twitter. Okay. Okay. Where are you from? Buffalo, New York. That's right. Won a playoff series more recently than the Toronto. That's Leafs. amazing. And, That's and right. again, so this, is that a suburb of Toronto? I, I forget. Yeah. And kind oh, of. Is my mic still go, on? When you go to a, a Sabres Leafs game, it becomes a suburb of Toronto. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. true. Or a Toronto, maybe a Toronto Blue Jay home game too. But that's a whole other thing. Here's the thing um, with the Leafs: I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything. Don't panic. You were close. You were really close. Like last year, when they lost to Montreal, that was a debacle. Now I still don't think they lose that series if they don't lose to Tavares. So let let's remember that as well. Montreal was a fluke. Um, but they should have won that series. Toronto should have won that series. This time around, man, just awful luck. And it, and it underscores the idea that the NHL should go back to the old way of seeding the playoffs. So this matchup should not have happened in the it first kinda, round. It kind of reminds you of, remember when the Winnipeg Jets had the second best team in the NHL, yeah. but the first best, the top team in the league was the Edmonton Oilers and it was no fair. Like yeah. as every first round matchup, it's Edmonton, Winnipeg and Winnipeg's out. You felt for Toronto here. I will agree with you, Craig. Shanahan, Dubas, um, Keefe, the core of the players, I, I think they should all remain the same. I, I don't know if this is the time. I don't think there is panic time because I think they played well enough. It was a bounce of the puck here or there that d- defined this series against a team that knows how to win. Mm-hmm. Any other matchup, maybe it's a different outcome. I will say this, though. If they start slow in 22-23... And you see them struggle out of the gate, somebody's going to go. Now, whether it's the coach or the manager, I don't know, but they will need to have a, I don't, and I don't mean a great start. They can be a 500 start through their first 20. They just can't collapse their first 20. And if that happens, they're going to have to make a move. Uh, at some point, they're not only is this team so close, I think they built it the right way this time instead of getting every free agent they can find and spending too much money, kind of like what you see with the Yankees. Yeah, it's it's they've built it. They've got some through the draft. They've got some through free agents. I like the way they've built this team. They're close. And when they finally get through the first round, look out. Yeah, it'll all be worth it. Yeah, because I think once they get that burden and lift it off their shoulders, this team is going to be difficult to deal with. I don't know what matchup would have been better for them in this series. Because there are some really, really good teams in the Eastern Conference. That's the other thing. Historic, right? It's historic. Eight teams over 100 points. Yeah. That's never happened. It's just the Maple Leafs' rotten luck. It's their yeah. rotten luck. They, and the East gave us a really entertaining playoffs with three out of the four series mm. going to Game 7. I mean, this past weekend was just some some of the best like hockey, but some of the best playoff hockey that we... It was a treat, honestly. Um, combined, and then juxtaposed against the horrible NBA Game 7s, which we'll talk about at a different time later. <laughs> yeah, but we'll just ga- like Game 7 in the first round of the NHL playoffs, is, it was electric. Five in the first round. Amazing. Five. And, and I mean, that just goes to show the parody of the league, and it was amazing. So um, should we shift over to Boston, Carolina, or do you want to have – Just one more okay. thing on the Leafs. If you haven't watched Steve Dangle's podcast the day after, <laughs> go watch it. It is – it's just – for the entertainment value alone, it's so good. I love watching Steve Dangle yeah. anyway, but like the first two minutes of that podcast are just so good. Go watch it. it it's entertaining. Yeah, and I feel for you, Toronto. I really do. Yeah. Um, well, Toronto historically is eliminated by Boston, but Boston was also eliminated in round one. Do you think – and that was an exciting game with Boston um, getting within one in the last 20 seconds – Really electric atmosphere in Carolina. Do you think Patrice Bergeron played his last game? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm afraid he might have. Did you see him hugging all of his yeah. teammates at the end? Yeah, I think this is... If you asked him yesterday at 7 o'clock at night, I bet you the answer is, yeah, I'm done. And that's why players don't make decisions the day after they're done playing. He needs to get away from it. He needs to get away from the rink. He needs to decompress before he makes a decision like that. 
the problem is when you still have the ability to play and affect an outcome of a game, and I think he does. I think he's still an effective player in the National Hockey League. It's hard to leave. Um, you know, you, you don't want to be a fourth-line guy in and out of the lineup when you're used to being the first-line guy. I think he's still an effective player. I hope he plays another year. Um, but we'll have to see. Here's the thing with Bergeron. I, a lot of guys will hang on too long because Agreed. they love playing the game, and I don't blame them for yep. it. I'm not saying I'm, – I'm not one of those people who believes, oh, you've tarnished your legacy. If you love doing something, keep doing it. That, yep. that, that's that's the only argument that matters to me. But with Patrice Bergeron, he, he's not at that point yet. He's still, a, as you said, yeah. a really effective – he's going to win the Selkie this year. Yep. He's a really good player. So if Boston doesn't bring him back – there are going to be teams lining up for Patrice Bergeron to to add to their roster. So, to me, like I don't know where his head is and how he feels about there. There are those rare guys who are like, I'm just going to go out on top. I'm going to step away. Like Barry Sanders steps away when he's an unbelievable player. Still, I don't know if that's going to happen in this situation or not. But Patrice Bergeron can definitely play a bunch of more seasons. In yeah, the I NHL. agree. I agree. I I think so too. I don't think. We've seen the end, but I hope not. I don't know if we'll hear something for a little bit. He might have to let this one digest. Um, staying in the East, and here comes the first of Craig's rants: <laughs> the Penguins Rangers series. That one was a heartbreaker for me. I know I've, I've been a longtime Penguins fan, um, and for them to lose in Game Seven overtime was heartbreaking. But Craig, I'm handing it over to you. I get that fans are fans. I. Get get that they're passionate and they love their teams and they they don't want to entertain arguments that go against their own narrative but by nature you're biased you're horribly biased and this series is so easy to break down if you step back from it the penguins were so clearly the better team in this series and i won't even entertain other discussions about that it's 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 obvious when you look at all the numbers and uh you know larry brooks mentioned the expected goals for the rangers like 35 percent in last night's game the difference in this series was two things goaltending obviously the penguins didn't get it and the rangers got it in key moments especially at home like game seven igor shesterkin was ridiculous last night not the most ridiculous goaltending performance of the night because that came later but Shesterkin was unbelievable last night. That's why they won the game. And the other reason is Sid went out in a couple games earlier with the Penguins up 2-0. If he doesn't get injured, this series doesn't go 7 because Pittsburgh was way better on the ice than the Rangers. Get out of here with your other arguments. If you can't see that, you're just not analyzing the game objectively. Yeah. (laughs) No, who is the better team? Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. But having said that, there were moments in this series where Pitcher put could have put this away and they didn't. I think if you have Tristan Jari from game one, it's a different series and it probably doesn't go seven. Having said that, Louis Domingue is pretty damn good. But I don't think they, they lost. Well, game six, you probably would have liked to have that one back from the numbers were terrible. Yeah, the numbers were bad. This Ranger team never rose to the occasion like they did at points in the regular season. I don't think they had the offensive output. I don't they were able to get inside on the Pittsburgh defending and create in um, slot scoring chances. And you could watch it over and over again how they were on the perimeter through the wall. Panarin usually can break that down with seam passes to Zibanejad. That wasn't happening. They can break it down by going low to high and getting shots at the point and getting credit to the front of the net. That wasn't happening. They just weren't able to create offense. Sidney Crosby and Gensel and Rust were a different level in this series. They were phenomenal. Pittsburgh went as that line went. So when Sidney went down, I think that's when you saw the Rangers have a little bit of hope. Shesterkin, who I thought was going to be a huge factor. I picked the Rangers to win this because of Shesterkin. I thought he would be the first star throughout the series. He wasn't. It was probably the worst stretch of hockey he has played the entire season until Game 7 when he needed to do it. Big players were big players. Panarin was big. Kreider was big. Shesterkin was big. They win. The one thing that, that you know I read about on that game particularly is when Peterson loses his helmet behind the net when it's yanked off him. Absolutely pulled off him. I'm not arguing that point. To say that's what caused the whole series? No. Ridiculous. One, know the rule. And listen to, to Don Kowarski, who came on TNT's airwaves after. He does not have to leave that play. If he's engaged in the act of defending at that moment, he does not have to leave. It happened to Pittsburgh last year. Or he could put his helmet on. He it happened to him last year, so you should have known the rule. 
And then, by the way, don't turn the puck over right after that and, and lead to the goal. So, so don't blame that. And then the guy who made the change, Latang, comes on the ice. Look where Latang is on the goal. He's not by the bench. He's not at the blue He's in front of the net. Yeah. The player actively gets back into the area to defend. The problem, as Craig said, is the play right before that, knowing you're down a player, don't throw the puck into the middle of the ice. Where are you going? That puck's got to go behind the goal line, around the wall. It can be rimmed hard or just put a soft chip in behind to the defenseman there, which would have been Latang. get the puck and they're out. Don't throw the puck in the middle of the ice. That's peewee hockey. Like, don't throw the puck. Unless you're 100% sure, don't throw the puck in the middle of the ice. Different series. Yep. Rangers are up in. They're in one now. Like, they got through Pittsburgh. Boy. They're in one. They're yeah, lucky to we'll get through get, Pittsburgh. We'll get to that. Louis Domingue, by the way. There was this narrative that, oh, Louis Domingue's playing well. Louis Domingue had a 365 goals against average, an 898 save percentage, a minus 2.81 goals saved above average. Those were all some of the lowest marks in the playoffs. Louis Domingue looked like a number three goalie. I don't know where the narrative was came from that he was actually playing well. Maybe he was playing well for a number three goalie, but he wasn't playing well for an NHL goalie. He was not good in this postseason, and it mattered for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wow. Fire? Are you coffee? I don't need coffee now, buddy. I got adrenaline going. All right. Well, (laughs) let's move on to the other crazy goaltending performance in the West. And that was Ottinger for Dallas. And unfortunately for Dallas, they couldn't get it done in overtime of Game 7. But I think all three of us can agree we were surprised to see it get to that point of a Game 7 overtime in this particular series. I mean, that was one of the most insane goaltending performances I've ever seen. I feel bad for him that he couldn't get the win, but I do think Calgary deserved to win the series, but what a game and what a what a goaltending performance. Yeah, I and we've seen some spectacular goaltending performances here actually in the playoffs from Mike Smith of course when he carried him past the Blackhawks from uh just blanked on the other one. Wow, I was going to mention something else, but you know, I'll let that go because, you know, I'm an old man. But anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Jay Gottinger's stats right here. You know, I was mentioning Louis Domingue where he was. Jay Gottinger, 954 save wow. percentage, 1.81 goals against average, 11.68 goals saved above average. That's insane. It is insane. That's off the charts. That's bananas. By the way, how old is he? He's 23. He's, yeah. He's a 23-year-old kid who... Without him, this series is over, potentially in four. And let's go a step further. With the Dallas Stars coming into this season, he's their fourth goalie on their depth chart. Fourth. Bishop, Kadobin, Holtby, Ottinger. If not for injuries, he's not playing. Yeah, It's insane. And I tell you what, this kid, we talk about goaltending a lot on this show because it's part of the game. And we talk about being excited about young goaltenders. Here's a young goalie to be excited about. You're 23 years old, and the difference in this goalie to other young goalies, you just had the feeling that he was calm, he was steady, he squared to the puck, he wasn't all over, he wasn't sliding in and out, he was stationary and ready to face the puck. Shoulders square to the puck, very calm, compact, and it hit him. He's six foot what? What is he? Four. Oh, he's listed six foot five. He's similar to a guy that we have here in Arizona, Vimelka, very similar in size. You tell me looking at the two goalies, you go, oh, they're, they're similar. No comparison between the two of them. And Jay Gottinger is an RFA without arbitration rights. What do you think those negotiations are going to look like after this playoff performance? He has he was the best goalie in the postseason. He's out now. He's the Conn Smythe of round one. Not through any Con, fault of Con his. Smythe of round one, period. Yeah. Yep. Like McDavid, great series. Crosby and Gensel, I said they had a great series too. The MVP of the first round of this playoffs was Jake Ottinger. Not even close. Yep. Agreed. That's a 4 nothing series without Jake Ottinger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They had over 100 shot attempts last night. That's unreal. Over 100 kept looking, shot, I kept looking the at the shot shots. 46-18 and it's high. You're like, what? Um, that's like, like a Coyotes game. <laughs> it was. It was like watching Coyote hockey. You remember that Devils game when they played uh, when uh, Corey Schneider was in net and the Coyotes had like 96 shots attempts and then they lost 2-1? Yeah. It felt like that. It was just yeah. like, I can't believe what I'm watching yeah, from classic. this guy. At some point he has to crack and he just wouldn't crack. And I thought we would see Scott Wedgwood in the series. I really did because I didn't anticipate. I thought the floodgates were going to open for the high-powered, high-flying Calgary Flames with the four guys over 30, 40 goals. Thought for sure Ottinger was going to get pulled in one of these games. Whoops. I guess, again, as always, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and PD. You, um, I know. I, meant, I uh, own up to it. Yes. Um, 
before we look at how we did in our first round predictions, does anyone are there any other series or moments from round one that you want to address? I mean, we could get into yeah, every I series, but I don't want to. No, let, let, just we got a lot I, to talk about for round was, two. Yeah. I just love the fact that we had five game sevens and they were decided by a total of six goals. Yeah. Yeah. Un- absolutely incredible. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. The NHL is amazing. That was great hockey this weekend. Fantastic mm-hmm. hockey. I, I had the that time mattered. of my life. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. Well, let's see how we did in round one on to? our predictions. Yes, we do. Um, all right. So, PD had Florida, Tampa, correct. Boston, wrong. New York and Colorado, correct. Minnesota, wrong. Calgary, yes. LA, no. I had Florida and Tampa, yes. Boston, no. New York and Colorado, yes. Minnesota, no. Calgary and Edmonton, yes. And then Craig had Florida and Tampa, yes. Boston and Pittsburgh, no. Colorado, St. Louis, Calgary, and Edmonton, correct? So Craig and I were so last. six and two, and PD was five and three. But I'll say this. I will say the Minnesota one was a coin toss for me, and I said that morning, I actually on my bracket in the Discord, I have St. Louis, so that's still alive. And I, in, in the show, I thought Talbot was starting, and I think that was the biggest mistake of that series. Yep. And I hadn't had the opportunity to talk to people in Minnesota yet, but I'm curious to think what they think in hindsight of going with Marc-Andre Furrier versus Talbot. Because once you go to Talbot in game six, you're like, okay, maybe a shade late here. So I, I don't know about that one. And the, I will say that the surprise pick I had was the LA Kings, that nobody was picking the Kings over the the oil. I mean, you were on to something. And I went off the charts and they got to game they seven. They did. That's and impressive. they had an opportunity to actually close out at yeah. home for LA. So I thought it was close. No, that was a good pick. Peating. So we'll see in round two. Yeah. Um, well, in the um, bracket challenge that we're doing, the Peach and X Coyotes bracket challenge, currently tied for first place right now are Karen Mack and East Coast Coyote. So nice. great job to those two. I'm in 28th and PD is in 39th. Craig does not moment. appear on the list because Craig forgot to enter in time. Come on, Craig. But there's, but there's two because there's a Discord one too that yes, somebody else started. That Dave started. I'm higher yeah. in that one. I went I, then 39th. So, oh boy. so that's the standings Oops. after round one. And the, the problem now that we've had a good look and we've had a really good long look at a lot of these teams, if I could redo my brackets going forward, I clearly would. And we'll talk about that. I would have yeah, taken next. Carolina. I mean, and I said that was a coin toss too. And we, I would have taken Carolina, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't change my Pittsburgh Rangers pick because no, of yeah. all the things a, we just said. I, I, the whole time I was thinking, oh, Craig was right about that one. But anyway, um, before we look ahead at round two, let's just talk about a few more things um the a lot of coaching changes um happening pete DeBoer let go by the vegas golden knights today i don't think that was much of a surprise to happen maybe the timing of it was a little bit more interesting with trots being let go by the islanders makes you wonder if trots is going to go to vegas and um, lane lambert promoted to head coach in new york on the island so already some coaching movement it's just the start of it yeah that's what i'm wondering the first round just ended so are we going to see some other moves coming now we we traditionally see moves after the first round is over too some people lose their jobs and there are i mean we we speculated on a show recently how many could possibly change it's a crazy number yeah and in that you see LA's not making a change dallas i think rick bonus retires so i think that opens up i think that will couple days and you'll see that announcement maybe i'm wrong maybe he got the fire again going through the playoffs i don't think there's going to be the ones that toronto you look at losing i don't think their coach is in jeopardy and i don't think mike sullivan's job is in jeopardy right now so i think it's going to be less than what i had anticipated um i think the big surprise would have been for me where the teams are expecting to win the cup i.e colorado if colorado would have been bounced in the first round minnesota is not changing their coach chicago though chicago could change their coach oh there are teams that didn't make the playoffs what does florida do i mean what do they do teams that didn't make the playoffs i think florida by getting through this round i stunned that they haven't got an extension yet stunned florida is the one that keeps coming up for people going gosh how would they not extend brunette i i don't know yeah like what is he gonna have to do yeah if he's gonna have a contract jay jay woodcroft in edmonton what happens there now think, that they've moved it, on. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the second round. Either if both those teams make it past the second round or if they have a competitive playoff performance. I think Jay's the head coach of the Avengers next year. Jay Woodcroft. I, th- I believe it. I think this first round solidified that. I think he will get the job out of the gate um, in the fall. Mm. All right. I, st- I won't say the same thing about Vancouver. Has that been official yet? Yeah, br- yeah. Coming on? yeah, they're bringing him back. Yeah. They are bringing him back? Yeah. They're bringing him back? <laughs> really? Yeah. Surprised me too. 
Shit, I called that one the day they hired him that he wouldn't make it to the. Never mind. Well, PD, you tend I mean, to be I'm wrong. Season. I'm wrong again. <laughs> you tend to be I'm wrong. Wrong again. Oh well. All right, and now I should read the paper too. I'm gonna. The what? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> What's that? That's probably why I didn't read it. Oh man, yeah, the it, they can't edit the the newspaper in real time when it's already printed. I'm gonna cue Craig up for his one more rant that I know he has in the bank, and that is the Masterton finalists were announced. <sighs> And Andrew Ladd is not one of them. And as he put in the show notes, this will be my rant. Mm-hmm. Craig? Mm-hmm. You saw who the finalists were, right? Yes. I don't know how much you guys pour over the candidacy of Masterton Trophy candidates. <clears throat> I am obligated to because I'm a member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. And that's who votes on this award. And because of that, all other PHWA members are also required to pour over these things in detail to choose the best candidates. And yet, the finalists were announced this morning, and we get Kevin Hayes, who has been through hell and probably deserves be to be on this list. Absolutely. And we get Carey Price, who came back for five meaningless games at the end of the season, a little cameo to prove that he could play, and we put him on the Masterton list? Let's put him on when he comes back next season and actually plays for a stretch of games. His candidacy to me is ridiculous. But you know who's even more ridiculous? Zdeno Chara being on this list because he's old. I can't find any other reason why Zdeno Chara's on here. Oh, he set the record for most games played by a defenseman. What the hell does that have to do with the Masterton Trophy parameters? Nothing. It's about sportsmanship. It's about dedication to not, I guess you could say, well, he's dedicated to playing. Who, every every damn player in the NHL is dedicated to playing the game. Andrew Ladd was out of the game for three years. Three years. Some of that in the minors, some of that skating on his own. He worked with a skills coach, Adam Oates, because he had two knee surgeries. He had to retrain his body how to skate because his knee was so messed up. While he was doing that, he worked with a mental skills coach, Basically therapy to get his mind right because he had a negative approach to life. He turned that around. And then, oh, by the way, while he was doing all that, he and his wife launched the 1616 Foundation to help kids, to give them youth hockey players resources for skills training and mental skills training. What the hell more do you need to do to be a finalist for this award? He literally checked every box, like, emphatically. He should have been a finalist. There's no argument out there. So all I'm going to say to finish this is shame on my Professional Hockey Writers Association colleagues. You didn't do your homework. And as a result, you failed on this vote. You really blew it. Wow. That was a good one, Craig. There I am. My rent's over. Well, I feel calm now. Good. I'm so glad. Oh, good. Well, here. Are you guys doing? You feel like uh, you want to leave the room or something? No, it's all good. It's It's just, it's just unbelievable to me. Like, just do your work. And that's listen. A lot of a lot of the people that vote do their homework, but I do feel like some people are really lazy with these votings, and I definitely feel there's a bias. And if you look at where the three finalists are from, they're all from major Eastern markets. It's it's just sad. Well, Andrew Ladd here at PHNX Coyotes, we think you deserve to be a finalist for this award. So I hope that gives you some satisfaction. And also, he doesn't need to be a finalist to for us to acknowledge the things that he's done and unbelievable um, the, story. The great stuff he's done. So thank you for being a proponent of his story, Craig. Um, that was a, a great rant. Appreciated that. <laughs> I knew I was I was ready for it. Well, it's just, and I didn't even talk about the impact he had on teammates, right? And that's what people will say with Chara. That's that was the oh he, he influenced the young defenseman. What was Lad doing here? That's exactly why he was brought in to have an influence, and he did. So anything that Zdeno Chara did, Andrew Lad checked that box, and then he had like three more boxes he checked. Chara doesn't belong on the list of finalists. It's ridiculous, but he plays in a New York market. And there you have it. Amen to that, Craig. Mike said so. Good rant, Craig. Um, All right, we're going to look ahead at round two matchups. But before we do, and before all of you do, the NHL round two kicks off tomorrow. So you have just over 24 hours to put in your bets for the game game ones on Tuesday and Wednesday for the second round at the NHL playoffs. So we're going to present you with what we think and some, you know, information about each of the series. So if you want to get in on the action, do so in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The NBA playoffs are also going on. Those kick off when Tuesday and Wednesday as well. There's going to be a lot of sports going on, which is 
always my favorite time of the year, although it won't be as exciting now that the suns are out, which I'm sure there'll be another Craig rant coming up on that. <laughs> um, so if you want to get in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code PHNX when you sign up at $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Also, existing customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit, so that's a fun way to make some money. I saw that um, Blaze from DNBR did a parlay where it was Goudreau anytime score, the under in the game, and the Calgary money line. So got that right at the wow. end. So that was an exciting parlay with really good odds. So there's a lot of fun stuff you can do on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So be sure to use the promo code PHNX when you sign up. That's $5 on any NBA team to win their game and $150 in free bets if they do. It's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. Do you want to do your Phoenix Suns rant? Oh, I, I think I, I, but I should I probably, uh, you know, uh, calm down for a minute okay. and let, maybe let Petey talk for a bit right. because uh, oh. I'm ready to do my Suns rant. But I, mean, Disappointed. We, I feel like we all need Disappointed to Disappointed we move on. The Suns? That's yeah. it? That's all you're going to say? Disappointed. Say. Supposed to win, they didn't. I don't know. Don't fire anybody. Do it again next year. Don't fire anybody? Would you change the roster, though? <laughs> I don't know. I do I'm hockey. I'm taking my glasses off for this, buddy. <laughs> I do hockey. I watch the score. They so I covered the NBA for 10 years. I covered that I, franchise I got, for I, 10 years. And I expect them to win. I was I was in my Rally of the Valley mode. They didn't. I, I don't know why. That went way beyond the disappointment of the Charles Barkley years when they didn't. Oh, my gosh. When they, they didn't prepare. When Charles didn't prepare. For the Houston Rockets the year after they lost to the Bulls in the final. Michael Jordan retires temporarily, and you've got an opening, and Chuck didn't come in with the same level of preparation that he did. That was the most disappointing time in Suns history up until last night yeah. when the team basically didn't show up. They quit in the second quarter. They had no leadership on the court from Chris Paul, who was brought here for that very reason. And looked awful last night. They didn't have leadership on the bench from their coach who won the NBA Coach of the Year, yet got his ass out coached big time by Jason Kidd, a former Phoenix Sun, last night. Again, they quit in the second quarter, and their stars just didn't show up. Devin Booker wants to be a superstar. Well, when you're feeling it around your team, like when you're feeling that other guys are lagging and not, not carrying their weight, time to step up, Book, and you didn't do it. So what did we see from the Suns? We saw that they are very far away from being a genuine NBA title contender. And that was really disappointing. The most disappointing part was the fact that they just quit in the second quarter. They quit. You know, I, I said before, I don't know basketball. Don't know. I can't tell you what happened or why. I don't know. I'm disappointed for the Valley. And I remember last year how excited I got as a basketball periphery fan following this team to the finals and tuning into every game and being a part of um, when this launched, being a part of the Sun Show and watching him, trying to learn. And I'm disappointed for the Valley. Everybody was ready for this. They were ready. And it was almost a foregone conclusion that we we're all going to get to celebrate and plan a parade. I think we've been thinking it here since last season wrapped up that it was a parade. We're going to have the trophy. It's automatic. They got these players. They're all back. Yay, we're going to win. They just forgot to do the winning part. And I think I, I, I don't know what happened in the locker room and the coaches, the players. I, I don't know. I just feel bad for the fans. I, the fans that, that really did rally in the Valley and wanted to follow this team, and they don't get that opportunity this year. And that's really disappointing because guess what? Nobody else is going to be doing it anytime soon. The D-backs, the Coyotes, and the Cardinals aren't right on the precipice of winning a championship. I don't think. Was that the most disappointing moment in Valley sports history? Last night, it's pretty damn close. I mean, there, there's tough losses like when you lose when you lose the Super Bowl on a final play. Where, yeah, was that, the guy's that, foot that inbounds one. or not? Yeah, that, I don't know. That's probably more disheartening. It's just from probably the, that was close. I mean, that that was a play. You're a player two away, and you won the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think that one. But this I think, is two. but I also, but I think that if this game last night was close, it would have been disappointing. But at least you could say, oh, they put everything on the table. And that's right. the thing that was missing. And maybe, that's what's maybe so the shocking. Word is like, was that the most, was that the most gutless performance we've ever yeah, seen definitely. from a, from a Valley team in that sort of situation? Yeah. Like a team that genuinely had a chance 
Yeah, because you can say like the Cardinals got blown out in their playoff game this year, but you can argue that you know they haven't been in the playoffs for years. They weren't ready. There's still holes right. that need to be filled. No one expected the Cardinals to win a Super Bowl. I don't think yeah. last year or so. Yeah. Anyway, Oof, that was an ugly one. Sorry, right. Valley sports fans. Sorry. Uh, more at two p.m. on the PHNX Sun Show. If you need some group therapy, they will be doing that. <laughs> Dumb Dumb might be right here. Coyotes will be the next. We talked about it right before we went live. Like, are, who's the next Arizona? The Coyotes team to win a will be the next team to win a title. It might It'll be the Coyotes. Surprise, be. surprise. Because that's it the other thing. I hate to say this for Suns fans, but like I look at that roster now, I'm like, am I really signing DeAndre Ayton to a max contract? He's he he, he was uneven all year. As <laughs> bad it sounds like with the coach last night. I don't think I'm handing DeAndre Ayton Aiton a, a max contract. And by the way, do I want Chris Paul back after that? Do I want him back? Really? He's 37. He got. He got schooled last night, and he didn't show any leadership on the court. I might cut bait with both of those guys and see if I can still do something around Devin Booker, which means this is not a title contender. But let's be honest, it's not a title contender with those two guys here. We learned that last night. Wow. Craig is on one today, and I know this is a hockey podcast, so we'll get back to hockey. But this is also a PHNX podcast, so... We are all invested in the Phoenix Suns. So let's look ahead at round two of the NHL playoffs. The matchups are set. We'll start in the East. And let's first look at where the former Coyotes have (laughs) progressed and who has made it forward in this. So on the East side, Anthony DeClaire for Florida, Riley Nash for Tampa, and of course the Carolina Carolina Coyotes, Coyotes, Max Domi, Jordan Martinug, Tony D'Angelo, Derek Stepan, Andy Ranta for New York. Dryden Hunt, okay. But how about Max Domi having a career wow, game in cool. Game 7? Um, really great to see a former Coyote, former Coyote draft a difference pick maker as well. And his speed, and he, uh, I mean, two goals and an assist, he he was the difference. Yep. So we'll start on the east side, and let's start with the Battle of Florida, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Florida Panthers. Huberto versus Stamkos, so many ahead. other matchups. I've talked too much. As well, yeah, Tampa Bay, of course, beat Toronto this is a tough one. in seven games, but lost Braden Point to injury, and he's doubtful, it was said, for at least game one of the series. Florida beat Washington in six games. Didn't look at, They didn't look as maybe demanding, or what's the word? Commanding, that's the word, as we thought they might in the first round, um, but they did pull off their first playoff series win since 1996, which on the subject of making you guys feel old, that was the year I was born, <laughs> um, and Carter Verhage, OT winner, he's had an unbelievable playoff. Yes, I didn't even know who yes. he was. I'm not going to lie. I did not even know his name before these playoffs, mm. but now I do. So, Lightning Panthers, PD. Well, this one, this is a, this is the series I've been waiting for since last year's matchup yeah. when they played each other, which was some of the best hockey I've seen in years. This, this is this really has everything. And he's got good goaltending. He's got great defending. He's got unbelievable superstars on both sides of the ice. Speed. I, I think the difference is what these two teams had to get through to get here to round two, meaning. I think Tampa Bay was on the precipice. I've used that word twice now, so I won't use it again, I promise. (laughs) They were on the edge of being out of this playoffs by the Toronto Maple Leafs. They found a way to get through it. I don't think they're going to do it again. I think Washington Washington had the chance to knock Florida out. They were right there. like They had an empty net away. Garnet Hathaway has an empty net away from putting Florida out. Florida has found their offense. Florida can score unlike any team in this league with their speed and their depth. I do worry about their ability to defend. With Braden Point being out of the lineup, I am going with the Florida Panthers, and this is going to be a hard one. This is going seven. Can I just say ditto? Sure. Because that's pretty much my entire analysis yeah. of this. But I do think Florida's winning this series yeah. as well. And I think I, I don't think, think Tampa Bay can... Tampa's not the fight anymore. That was yeah. it. We did it. We yeah. did. And again, I keep going back to this, and I eventually I might be right until they get their third cup. They've won <laughs> two cups. You can't be hungry when you're full, and you can't... They've been there and like, points out now too. Yeah, I, I, even if he comes back, you we I mean we saw that. I mean he was they don't have the guys that pain. carried him through yeah. last year on the third line that won the cup for them last year. That whole line's gone. Braden Point's gone. Vasilevsky has shown glimpses of being him former self, but he's also given up goals that he probably normally mm-hmm. wouldn't have. I think maybe it's just Florida's turn. Yeah, I'm also gonna say Florida for me. Braden Point is a huge difference. I think the fact that the 
that it went to seven games. Florida's had a little bit more rest as well. And I think Florida also probably learned a lot in that first series. They haven't had as much playoff experience as Tampa Bay, but they've had they went through a little bit of adversity in the first round. And I think going through some adversity and learning from that is really, no really question. valuable. Um, and I agree. I mean, Tampa, not only have they played the most hockey of any team in the NHL in the last two years, they played seven games in round one. So, and have, have some injuries and other things like that. Um, again, however, on the flip side, I will not be surprised if Tampa Bay somehow wins the series. It would not surprise me. Right. It literally would not, but I'm going to pick Florida. As if well. they do, they just they become legendary at yeah. this point. The deeper they go, because we haven't had a three peat in a long time. Yeah, that and would be that would really well, be something notable if they achieved yeah. it. And SZ in the comments said Tampa reminds me of Pittsburgh in 2018. Lots of hockey in the past years, and just tired now. And Pittsburgh yeah. was the last. Back to back. But your point about winners. the first round, we see this so often in in NHL, like a, a favorite team that really struggles in the first round. If they survive it, if they escape it, it can catapult them. I, I saw it when I was watching the Blackhawks. They struggled a couple times in the first round where I was like, what's going on here? Like with Detroit, with the Seabrook overtime goal, and then suddenly they it catapults them. So I, I do think that that was a really important learning moment for the Florida Panthers. And Mike makes a good point, too. One thing to note with the All-Florida Series games, three and four are back-to-back because -back of Tampa's arena scheduling conflict. Right. And a back-to-back -back in the playoffs, first of all, that's rare. But second of all, in terms of just uh, energy and It's like a split. Right? It's almost a guaranteed split. So yeah. it's like, but I, look at the travel. Like the Florida travel is easy. The Alberta travel is easy. Um, I, I guess St. Louis and Colorado oh, no, is not, not great, horrific. but it's not bad. It's, no, it's, not, it's bad. not bad. None of the series offer that bad a travel. Even no. New York to Carolina, it's, it's not bad. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that's good. That's good because you want to see the best hockey possible. You don't want to see a team having to fly clear across the country. Yep. All right, let's move on to the other matchup in the East: the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. New York. First, last night, defeated Pittsburgh in Game 7 overtime. Carolina also went to seven games. They have one extra day of rest because of the schedule. And like I said, Max Domi had two goals and an assist in Game 7. Exciting for the former Coyote. Um, I'll start with this one. I think Carolina is going to win, and I think it will be in around five games. <laughs> five or six. Yeah. This one was tough for me, and it wasn't at first. On first blush, I go Carolina all the way, going to roll them. Then I started looking at the numbers. They played twice in the last month of the season. Carolina wins 4-2, 4-3. Tight games, well-played games. Rangers were in it. The one thing that I looked at over the course of the first round, though, the team that had the most shots on goal in the entire playoffs per game was the Pittsburgh Penguins that the Rangers just defeated. Carolina's 14th in shots on goal per game. So does Shesterkin need to be as good? Eh. You mean in the playoffs? Yes, in yeah, the first round of the playoffs. they play? They played a good defensive team. I think that's the difference. I mean, I'm saying that the, that the Carolina Hurricanes aren't as powerful offensively as the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think Carolina is deeper. I think Carolina defends better. And if they get Anderson back, he's going to be the difference in this series. I also will take Carolina, but the Rangers are going to look better in this series than they did against the Penguins. I think they're going to be more offensive. I think they'll have the puck more often. I don't know if they'll get the scoring opportunities, but they will have the puck more often than they did against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm taking Carolina, and I'm going to say that this one goes in six. Mm. I know Craig thinks the Rangers are fraud, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I, I mean, the the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that's built on shot volume, too. That's part of their offensive philosophy. So I think some of the shot thing that we saw with uh, Boston was just they, they ran against ran up against a really good defensive team. The Rangers are not that. They're not a good defensive team. They're not a possession team. No. I, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, one thing I haven't checked into, and I meant to do this, is there any chance Freddie Anderson comes back? Yeah, he's supposed to play in round two. He is supposed to play. He's okay. supposed to play. Now, but that doesn't that's another mean game huge one thing. of round two. Right. You but said they expect him back Ron's in round two. That's the really other great. thing that people forget all the time about Auntie Ranta. When he's in net, and I know that doesn't happen enough, he has elite numbers. He has put up consistently elite numbers. He was really good in that first round. 
I don't think Carolina has a problem rolling out on Tiranta if they have to until yeah, Freddie's ready to they play. They defend extremely yes, well. Yes, they do. They have, they're, they're elite in, in, in their ability to defend the front of the net. We talk about good sticks, being able to keep teams on the outside along the wall, and that's where the Rangers struggle against Pittsburgh. So I think there's going to be more of that. I do think Anderson's going to play in this series early. If this team is going to continue on and, and compete for a Stanley Cup, Freddie Anderson's going to have to play at some point. So let's I'm sure they want to get him in in game one or two versus what you saw in some of these other series where you're throwing a game goalie Jari in game yeah. seven that hasn't played. You right. don't want Freddie Anderson going in on game seven. I completely agree, but so, there won't be a game seven. So. Right. So you got to get him in. You got to get him into this series early. Even if they lose, I think they go back to him early in the series. And I think they need to get Freddie's game back if they want to take this all the way to the end. Agreed. There. Caroline is the deeper, better team here. Yep. I, I think you have to go with them. They do need to get their power play going. Their power play really struggled in the first round. I think that's an area of the game they need to clean up. Um, they didn't get it going against Boston Bruins, who aren't an elite penalty-killing team. Yep. Um, but conversely, they killed penalties pretty well against a very good power play with the Boston Bruins. Yeah, there's the more important stat historically, the PK. Your PK yeah. is a really good indicator of your playoff success. Antti Ranta, 2.29 goals saved above average. Fifth in the NHL playoffs right now, by the way. 9.27 save percentage. He played really well. Really well. Uh, and, and I just, yeah, I mean, you guys already know how I feel about the Rangers. I think they're <laughs> yep. one of the, if, if not for Shesterkin, yep. they don't get this far. And watch out next season if he doesn't play, like, out of this universe again. Maybe maybe Igor Shesterkin is the second coming, and he's just going to play at another level that any goalie in history has ever played at consistently. But if he doesn't, you're going to find out some things about that team because they're not that good. And I, I look at the Rangers this, I said this to you guys already, but I look at at this roster, and I think it's funny how they didn't learn their lesson from the past Ranger team that made those deep runs but wasn't good enough up the middle to ever win a cup. The Rangers are not good enough at the center position to ever, ever win a cup with this roster. Wow. Done. Bold statement, Cotton. <laughs> so we got two Floridas and two Carolinas, so not too exciting. And I have a feeling we're going to be pretty similar in the West. Too. Yep. I do. And before we get to the West, I hope that all these teams, especially since there were so many Game 7s and there's not a lot of rest in between rounds, maybe they'll uh, try some athletic greens <laughs> for some energy, for some they help. Might. You know, you got to you gotta you fuel, that. You sold that to you gotta me. fuel okay. your body right going into the NHL playoffs. Um, athletic greens is great for rest and recovery and for overall health. Um, with one scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's a no-brainer. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, which is important in the NHL playoffs, recovery especially. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews, plus it costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash coyotes. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash coyotes to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, the West. Let's go right into the Battle of Alberta. Mm. The Edmonton Oilers versus the Calgary Flames. This one, as much as I loved Ottinger's performance in Dallas and everything that happened, I was begging Calgary to win because I wanted this and we're so lucky to get Battle of Florida and Battle of Alberta and Caleb in the chat had asked what's the better slugfest Battle of Florida or Battle of Alberta I tell you what they're both great series that bring different elements of the game um, I think the the rivalry between Calgary and Edmonton is storied and historic. Yeah. So I think that is a longer, more yes. bitter battle. The battle for Alberta is going to be fantastic. Yes. First one since 1991, by the way. And wow. here's a little stat. The Oilers are 19 and 11 in postseason matchups with the Flames historically. I don't think that will necessarily inform no, this that's series. that's the Wayne Gretzky influence, yeah. Yeah, especially since that was 31 years ago. So. Mike Smith gets a shutout in Game 7. Gets Jake, his revenge on Jonathan Jake Quick. Jake is 12 goals above expected. Can Mike Smith do what Jake Ottinger did? <sighs> I mean, Mike Smith had two shutouts in these playoffs, which leads goalies in Mike the postseason well. so far. He had a shutout in Game 7. Is it sustainable? I don't know. No. And, and, and I think and we talked Markstrom's about, a phenomenal goalie, we too. We said if Ottinger doesn't play the way he plays, Calgary rolls him and is done in four. So does Mike Smith need to raise his game to that level of excellence? Or 
is McDavid, Dreisaitl going to outscore the hell out of him, and we're looking at 7-6. Yeah, I think he's got a little more cushion, right, with, with the Oilers' firepower, at least, you know, at the very top of their lineup. We we can talk about Edmonton's depth, and that's I think that's going to be an issue in this series. But I still struggled with the, this one because Connor McDavid is out of the first round. Did you see the look yeah. on his face after that goal? <laughs> yeah. Relief. I mean, this is a stoic guy, but there was so much emotion in that celebration. Like, yeah, exactly. Relief. Finally. And he's won one other playoff series, but he's dying to have some playoff success. And he knows all the limitations. You hear him saying the things like, Four goals should be enough to win a game. He knows all their limitations, but he is doing everything in his power to get them there. Um, I don't know if you guys follow the uh, Twitter handle, JFresh, but he did a compilation of all his critical putt touches in that game. For some reason, left off the goal, but it was just such a great compilation just to get a sense of how that guy can dominate in the space of a game. He's just ridiculous to watch. He's so good. Is it enough? I don't I don't think so in the end. I don't think it is. I think Calgary's got better depth. I love Daryl Sutter as a playoff battle-tested coach in this situation. They're yeah, playing the right a, way. They've got too. the goaltending. They've gotten the guys, in. obviously not Sean, Sean Monahan, who's not even in the lineup, and might be a Coyote. Who knows <laughs> at some point? Um, but, you know, some of their big guys have stepped up. Johnny Gaudreau has stepped up. I think he's at a point per game, and he scored the biggest goal of, of the, the series for them. So I think Calgary just has too much in the end for Edmonton in this series. Agreed. I don't think this one's close. I think Calgary is lucky to get by Ottinger. Not the Dallas Stars. They were lucky to get by Ottinger. Yeah. Now they're going, okay, we've got Edmonton. They're deeper. We're stronger. We're better along the wall. Our goaltender, I'll put, you want to put it Markstrom versus Jonathan Quick? Yeah. I mean... They beat the LA Kings. This wasn't this yeah. the LA Kings. Yeah. It was a team that barely gets into the playoffs. Playoffs. And, and I can say the same about Dallas, but that's Ottinger. I, I think Calgary is going to take another stride in this. I think they had so much difficulty scoring. I think it'll be tight. I'll, I'll say this. I'll go even further. The first 30 minutes of game one, tight. one nothing, zero zero, And then they're going to get the second goal on Mike Smith, and then it's going to roll. And I think this is over in five games, mm. and I think Calgary blows them out. I know you know him well. What were you thinking about Brad Tree Living last night as he's watching that? Like, I mean, first Brad, of all, they were down twice in that game. They were losing. And what else you got to do? Like, what else right? you got to do to build the team? Like, what else? You, when you're out mm. shooting a team that badly, you, you the concern there is the frustration grows so much for your elite goal scorers that they can't score now because now they're grabbing it tighter. Now they're making an extra pass. Because they want to make a play that can beat the goalie clean. So now you're doing things you don't normally do. And that's when you make mistakes. So I think for them to be able to hang on and win that series, deep sigh, they'll move on, and they're going to roll. I think So put your money on Edmonton. I literally think we're all going to be... <laughs> oh my gosh. We well, may be gonna, unanimous, yeah. I, we're going to be unanimous. I think almost probably maybe on all of our picks. I am going to disagree with you though, Petey. I don't think it'll be five games I think it's going to go a little bit further um, but I do think the Flames are going to win I think they have a more experienced coach I think they have more depth Mike Smith is really good when he's good but when he's not he's not and I think there's going to be a few there might be a few great ones but I think there's going to be some knots too and I think that Calgary is going to take advantage of that so give me the Flames in this one and also, this funny comment from Caleb, why would anyone want Alberta? Seems like a weird thing to battle for. Alberta is a beautiful province. It's also a great Eric Clapton song, but I won't get to that. Okay. By the way, a text from uh, Brad last night. I was I just congratulated him. He said, thanks, Morgan. Heart on the ticker. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like to be an executive feeling completely helpless in the booth watching yeah. those things. It's got to be just nuts, right? Yeah. Has Living to and dying with every play. The stress has got to be unbelievable. Yep. All right. Well, let's get to the last series. Really? What? I mean, do we even need to talk about this one? Yeah. AJ was here. And yeah. Well, let's Colorado, get to St. it. St. Louis. Actually, St. Louis. What if I you bring up the Dom thing? Went a different Colorado, direction. Just to just to stir huh. the pot. Um, do it, Petey. <laughs> I mean, this one is the one we've known for a few days now. It feels like Colorado hasn't played in a thousand years. Um, and by the way, on um, how do you say his last Lushushin. name? Lushushin's statistics um, for this one. He does a lot of numbers for the athletics. He has it at an 85% chance 
to 15% series probability with Colorado <laughs> wow. winning That's this one. So absurdly That's lopsided. Un- they swept them last year, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. So I think it's tighter than that. I think it's tighter I, I think too. the St. Louis I think Blues this is going to AJ stress. I think this is going to be a challenge for Colorado. I do too. I think St. Louis has a lot of tools in their toolbox, and this isn't a bad team. I, I, I wonder about their juggling of Huso and Bennington. I think they're going to Bennington's the guy now because he got the win, so they're going to have Bennington and Nett, who hasn't been overwhelmingly great in the last two playoffs. Um, Colorado, I do we really know what Colorado is yet in this playoffs? Have no. we had a real sense no, because of- they haven't had a challenge yet? But that that does. I mean, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, they haven't been challenged yet. So wait till they. I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's an issue. I think Colorado's ready. They've they've been here enough that they know what they need to do in the playoffs. They're battle tested enough. St. Louis can score. St. Louis scored at a, a an alarming clip all season. Surprising clip, I would say. I don't think anybody thought that they were that good an offensive team, and yet. St. Louis has a lot of the same problems that the Rangers do. They're not a great possession team, and I think that's going to hurt them against Colorado. I think Colorado's going to possess the puck, get things going in the offensive zone, and I just think they've got more depth. They're just a better team. The Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, but you talk about that too, Craig, and unfortunately they played the worst team in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. the, the National Predators, without their star goalie, they were weak. It wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't even close. By the way, you're welcome, Colorado, for the Coyotes winning that last <laughs> yeah, game. Holy seriously. shit! Yeah, the Coyotes seriously. getting that Sorry, Calgary, the for the solid. I think it takes an Ottinger in the first round instead of instead of um, Ingram. Um, Colorado will have to be better. I think they've showed glimpses of where they. It was too easy. They haven't had that stressful. Hey, we got to battle this one out. We got to win this one tight. We got to win it in overtime. They haven't had that yet. They're also a, rested and healthy. Which is, hasn't happened for that team in a while. And if Kemper's back and he, it, all indication are he's fine and playing and ready to go game one, let's see what you're made of. This is it. Like The St. Louis Blues can score. Can Darcy Kemper make that one or two big saves in every game to get this team over the hump that they haven't been over in a very long time to get through that second round? That's been their bugaboo for the Colorado Avalanche. It's still the better team. They're still a deeper team. Their defensemen uh, offensively get the puck up and down the ice, but they're also able to defend. I think Colorado is an outstanding hockey team. I love the way they're built. I, I've got to go Colorado in this one. Having said that, this is the one series that would not surprise me if it goes the other way. Because I, St. Louis can be physical, St. Louis can be hard, they and can. St. Louis can be difficult in front of the net. And Kemper's one issue is if things start getting a little difficult in front of the net, if he gets pushed around, he gets bumped into and that blue paint becomes a battleground for St. Louis, that could give Colorado trouble. I'm going to take Colorado in six, and I think they move on. I was also going to say six because I think— We're doing games now? No. I think you have to throw it in because we're all picking the same teams. Yeah, I know you're not a guest in games, but just around that mark, I think that— I think it's fair, yeah. I think they're. I, I think St. Louis is going to win one or two. Yeah, they're tough. But I, I still. But I do think Colorado is going to win the series. But yeah. I think that it's going to be more of a challenge than the Nashville Predators were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Without question. Yeah. Um. But. But I think they get over the hump and they move on. Yeah. Me too. There well, it is. Wow, unanimous wow. on all wow. of our picks. So. Well, does AJ? AJ, have they done their second round prediction show yet? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because AJ's got it. Like, or, uh, was AJ I know, they on were, board with They were, we're all Carolina across the board. We were all off. Uh, yeah, is AJ selling what we're... Boston across the board, and we were wrong, and they were right. So yep. check out yeah. DNVR. Hey, I, I will say this. It was a one-goal game in game In seven. defense Fair of enough. all of the picks for every prognosticator nationwide, there were five game sevens. Yep. Like, there was Unreal. nobody that's walking away from this going, hey, I... I I know. Well, that's it. my like, point. Like predictions are silly, right? Yeah. Like, come on. It, no, they're you, doing it in if an you, hour. If you get them, you're like, oh yeah, look at me. Like, no. Yeah. Come on. No. No. Come on. There's parody. Exactly. <laughs> you got lucky. Congratulations. AJ's on. Yeah. Go to the so, DNVR show. Tune in show. to DNVR. On go YouTube to DNVR. In an hour. Turn it on the show and see what they do. I'm going to. And by the way, thank you, DNVR, for the massive graphics. Yeah, Seriously. Uh, yeah, we appreciate that. That was shared from the All City family. So let's just pull up the former Coyotes in the playoffs one more time so we can see the West. Darcy Kemper for Colorado. None on St. Louis. So boo. We're not cheering for St. <laughs> Louis. Um, Michael Stone in Calgary. And then Mike Smith, Eric Broussard, and Josh Archibald in Edmonton. So 
uh, seven of the eight teams left have former Coyotes on them. We'll keep track of that. Moving forward, if you agree with our picks, if you disagree with our picks, let us know on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes or in the members only Discord, which you can access, of course, if you become a member at gophnx.com. So be sure to sign up for your membership today um, so you can read all of Craig's stories, all of Gerald's stories on the Suns and Espo's column actually is free today. If you want to read that, I think it really captures how a lot of Suns fans are feeling. So be sure to check that out and check out the PHNX locker as well. Amazing stuff in there, hats, shirts, and more to come. So become a member today. It's a great time to be part of the family because I think we all need to support each other through this interesting time of being an Arizona sports fan. Any final notes before we kicks off tomorrow with the Battle of Florida? I'm, Can't wait. I'm ranted. We got, we got our one day of four o'clock rest our time from tomorrow. the NBA and the NHL, and then it's right back at it tomorrow. Yep. So um, let us know what you think of our picks on Twitter. Like I said, Follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. PHNX Coyotes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google or wherever. We'll be back tomorrow with an audio episode live again on Wednesday and Friday at 11 a.m. We're pretty much 11 a.m. every day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then audio Tuesday, Thursday. So stay tuned for that. We'll still have content five days a week, even in the Coyotes off season until Wednesday. We'll see you then and see everyone on audio tomorrow. Have a great week, everyone.